Welcome to the What We Talked About in Class podcast, brought to you from the campus of Johnston Community College in Smithfield, North Carolina, underwritten by Anchor, where everyone can make a podcast for free. Excellence. So, sole proprietorship, partnership, and corporation. What did we say some advantages to a sole proprietorship is? What's the good thing about being a sole proprietor? So what? You can start and end it instantly. No, no need for any extra process to go through. Other benefits of being a sole proprietor? You get, you get to keep all the money for yourself. Um, what's some of the downside of being a sole proprietor? Everything falls on you. So if there's a issue, that's your issue. There's nobody else to pass the buck to. Any other downsides of being a sole proprietor? You're also limited in your skills and your capital. So if something needs to be done, you've got to do it. If you need money, you got to come up with it, you know. What about partnerships? What's the good thing about having a partner? Is there any is there any benefit to having a partner? Somebody that has different skills. So you may be good at marketing, they may be good at management, you know, so you can rely on somebody else. It's good to have somebody there to rely upon. If so a backup, correct. What's another advantage to having a partner? More investment, so you can, if, if you've only got 100 bucks and they got 200, now you got 300 between you, you know, so that's good. So what's some disadvantages to having a partner? Fighting, yeah, absolutely. Um, other, what's that? It could break up. Yeah, it could cause the company to fall apart. Uh, also, you have to share your profits, right? So, and then you get into this uh, conversation of equity. If I'm doing 100% of the work day to day, and this person just came up with the idea and they're getting half the profits, that's problematic. So, yeah, um, that's, that's definitely a challenge. So what about corporations? What do we say about corporations? What's an advantage of having a corporation? This can be an advantage or disadvantage, but they get a different tax treatment than sole proprietors and partners, meaning that you pay a corporate tax rate, which is lower usually than the individual income tax, and you can retain those profits within that corporate structure and not take a, or take a payout as you need it. And that way you're kind of sheltering uh, that, in, that revenue or that income and not having to uh, take it out immediately and use it at the individual tax rate. What's some other advantages to having a corporation? Anybody remember? They have a longer lifespan and they're easy, it's more easily transferable to another party. How about disadvantages of a corporation? Anybody remember? Size, yes. Be more cumbersome to deal with. Another disadvantage. More paperwork's involved. It's harder to dissolve. So those are some of the challenges. So that was just kind of a quick recap of where we uh, left off on Tuesday. And this brings us into a couple other things about this uh, chapter before we wrap up chapter five. And so, how B Corps help society while earning profits? This is a uh, benefits corp. So, for business corporations, the purpose of business is to do good as well as earn profits for B Corps. These mission-based companies are often um, certified by an organization called 
uh, B-Lab that determines how well they meet a set of socially environmentally beneficial goals. In 2018, Bigelow Tea in Connecticut became a certified B Corp in order to ensure that the company remained committed to its founding principles. The company earns more than $200 million in annual revenue while also providing for its employees and pursuing worthy causes. $200 million for tea sales. Once again, that seems nuts, but it's, it's there. So, the big boys of business, America's largest corporations, top five, Walmart, Exxon, Apple, Berkshire Hathaway, and Amazon. Um, you probably know what Walmart does, retail, Exxon's uh, energy, Apple's technology, Amazon, online retail. But Berkshire Hathaway, this is Warren Buffett's company. I've mentioned that name before in here. Do you guys remember Warren Buffett, what we talked about? He's one of the most successful investors of all time, been investing for decades. Um, he has a very simple investing strategy. Um, he believes that you should buy companies that are valuable, that may be undervalued by the market, that have long-term potential. He believes in buying those, investing in those, and holding them for a long time. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway is basically a holding group that invests in big chunks of the market. Um, he was for a long time, he's actually, but this is uh, interesting, even though Warren is one of the most successful investors of all time, he doesn't always get it right, nobody does. He was for a long time against investing in technology. He thought it was um, basically faddish and um, very risky. Well, he's changed his tune. Um, at this point, he has committed a third of their multi, multi, hundreds of billions of Berkshire Hathaway into investing in Apple. And so he is, I believe, owns a little more than 5% of the entire company of Apple, that Berkshire Hathaway holding. So um, if you look at a breakdown of his holding group, which we can pull up in a minute, um, it's a big chunk of uh, Apple stock, about a third. And so um, the 10 largest private corporations in the States, these are not public. Um, Cargill, Coke Industries, Albertsons, Deloitte, Waterhouse Price Cooper, I'm sorry, uh, Price Waterhouse Cooper, Mars, Ernst & Young, Publix, Ray's Holdings, and Pilot Flying J. And so um, these are not public listings, they're private equity. Um, just wanted to give you that as an example. So even the big guys make mistakes. Here's some classic mistakes from big uh, companies. Atari, the amount of surplus from a bad game was so big, the copies had to be buried in a New Mexican landfill. Does anybody know what game that was? So what's that? It was E.T. So when E.T. came out, it was such a smash hit that the companies, um, the production company said, we've got to have a video game, but we need it in like six weeks or eight weeks. It was a very short development window. And there's actually a do several documentaries about this incident. Uh, but Atari made this game, I think within six and eight weeks to get it out, got to the stores. It was so bad that people were returning the copies. Um, it, it didn't work well, it didn't play well. And they eventually just had to dump the remaining copies in a landfill. Uh, Blockbuster passed on a partnership with Netflix and ended up going bankrupt in 2011. They had the opportunity to buy Netflix for $50 million. $50 million sounds like a lot of money, but it's not. Um, Netflix is a multi-hundred billion dollar opportunity, and they passed. They said, you know what, we're good. We think we know what we're doing. People are always going to go into the video store, always going to uh, rent movies that way. Did you guys ever visit video stores? Before, in the before times? My children have never been in a video store. Really? Never. That's, how, that's, that's where we're at culturally. So my children and my grandchildren will never know the experience of going to a video store. 
Blockbuster used to be there? Yeah. yeah. But that had to be a decade ago, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. We still have a uh, Be Kind Rewind sign in the garage. You do? Yeah. Wow. wow. Is that from Blockbuster? I think so. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, there's a documentary about the collapse of Blockbuster, too. It's um, They finally closed their last store this year, I believe it was in Alaska, uh, just because of availability of services out there. They, they kept one going. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bankrupt and... It's a part of history now. So Coca-Cola, new Coke lasted only 77 days because Coca-Cola received more than 1,500 complaint calls a day. Does anybody remember Crystal Pepsi? Do you remember it? It was so horrible. Like, I remember what it tastes like. And I'm trying to think what I would compare it to. Just nasty. I mean, it was just not, not drinkable. What's up? I didn't even try to sell it. Yeah, Crystal Pepsi, I'm trying to think. I can't even give you, maybe like licorice soda maybe or something. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. I don't like licorice. So that's what I would compare it to, like a malt licorice soda. Not good. But New Coke, I remember that where they changed the original formula. And it was a phenomenon. People were very upset about it. And they, they switched back. Pan American Worldwide Airways, after the bombing of Flight 103, the airline blamed the government after the victim's families filed for a 300 million lawsuit. And then Pest.com debuted with a $3 million Super Bowl ad and a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade float. Nine months later, they went bankrupt. And so just because you have a good idea, just because you have a good product or service, does not mean that you're immune to things happening with your business. Um, you know, Blockbuster was a multi-billion dollar company, and it, it disappeared very, very quickly. I mean, it's... It's in the dustbin of history now. It's kind of sad because I used to enjoy going to a video store to rent it. But does anybody use Redbox, by the way, now, where you go to a term, like a kiosk and rent discs? Occasionally, you know, I mean, if it's something like, I would say we use Redbox maybe four to six times a year, maybe. It depends on what's out. But then I run into that pain point of having to take that disc back the next day. And unless I remember to take it to town, I'm like stuck thinking, do I want to run it back to town or just pay that extra night rental, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's really inconvenient. And so those will eventually go the way of the, the dodo as well. All right, so corporations, individuals can incorporate. You can be your own corporation. Anyone, truckers, doctors, plumbers, athletes, and small business owners can incorporate. Stock is normally not issued to outsiders when individuals incorporate, so they do not share the advantages and disadvantages of large corporations. The major advantages are limited liability and possible tax benefits. So let's say, as an example, that you're a working professional that makes a high salary. Let's say that you make $200,000 a year doing what you do. As an example, let's say that you're a carpenter, you do hardwood floors, cabinetry, things like that, you, you earn a lot of money. But let's say that you don't want to pay taxes on that high income. And so what you can do is start an individual corporation and not pay yourself hardly any salary. Pay yourself a low salary, just enough where you can live a, a you know, pay a living wage and retain those profits within the corporation. That way you'll pay the corporate tax rates, you'll pay a lower individual tax rate based on whatever you pay yourself in earnings, and then uh, you can you know, use those corporate funds for whatever things you need for the company or pay yourself over time, however you want to do that. So there's a lot of different ways uh, that you can uh, use that money uh, and, and still be within compliance. My advice that I offer in all my classes is I'm not a tax person. I don't offer tax advice, but I recognize the importance of getting good quality tax advice 
So if you are planning to go into business, you should always seek out a tax accountant to help you make sure that you're making all the right moves because taxes and exit strategy, I'll keep saying that over and over again, such an important thing to keep in mind when it comes to your business, but you definitely need to do something to limit your liability, especially if you're going into work that could be harmful to yourself and others, like a carpenter or doing some type of work like that, you're prone to accidents happening. You know, you work construction, you know what I'm talking about, anything can happen. So you definitely, uh, is, is the construction company your dad's company? Right, they but they're probably incorporated or have an LLC, correct? Uh, yeah. I'm sure they are. They gotta be because uh, if not, if anybody gets injured or killed, it's a. Ma I mean, there's a major liability issue there. So, all right. So America's oldest corporations, J. E. Rhodes and Son, which is like a very belt company, started in 1702. Covenant Life Insurance started in 1717. Insurance, obviously. Philadelphia Insurance, 1752. Dexter, 1767, D. Landreth Seed, Seed Company, and then Bank of New York, 1784. So we do have some uh, long-tenured companies in this country. All right, so let's talk about S-Corps briefly. Any questions on B-Corps and corporations so far? All right, so S-Corp is a unique government creation that looks like a corporation, but is taxed like a sole proprietorship and partnership. Have, uh, has shareholders, directors, and employees, plus the benefits of limited liability. Profits are taxed only as the personal income of shareholders. And so this would be used in the event that you didn't want to pay, you wanted to be incorporated, but didn't want to pay, have a different, you wouldn't have a different tax structure because a regular corporation has corporate tax rate and individual based on how much income you pay out. This treats it as you would do a sole proprietor or a partnership, strictly just for tax treatment. So uh, qualifications for S corporations have no more than 100 shareholders, have shareholders that are individuals or states who and who as individuals are citizens or permanent residents of the United States, have only one class of stock, derives no more than 25% of income from passive sources. So if an S corporation loses its S status, they may not operate under it again for at least five years. So there is a narrow window by which you can operate on this. And why do you think the government does this? Why do you think they put limitations on how you can operate as an escort? I'll tell you, the reason why is they don't want bigger corporations abusing this type of system. They're saying, you know, if you get too big, if you're over 100 shareholders, you're getting into a larger company at this point, and it creates a lot of complications. And so they're going to treat it as a traditional corporation, whereas this could be a small group of investors that want a different type of tax treatment. So uh, they're just trying to avoid large corporations using this as a way to tax advantage themselves. So let's talk about LLCs. You've heard about this before, correct? Uh, you usually see it on a business. It'll say uh, Jefferson Plumbers LLC or whatever, or Bob's Auto World LLC. LLCs are limited liability companies. They're similar to an S-Corp, but without the special eligibility requirements. More than half of new businesses, uh, business registrations in some states are LLCs. And the big benefit of LLC is this, limited liability. So when you go, when you incorporate, that's not the right terminology, when you start a business uh, and found it as an LLC, uh, basically you're saying, I am removing myself from personal liability with this organization. If something happens, uh, we're going to have bonds or insurance to cover any liability that may happen. And you see this 
with all different types of organizations. Um, if you own a business, chances are you have to have some type of insurance to cover you in the event of loss, theft, death, whatever it may be. And LLCs help remove that liability from you. It does not shield you 100%. If you do something like that is uh, like a dereliction of duty, or if you do something that is um, willfully or morally wrong, you know, illegal, you can still be held personally accountable for that. So I uh, don't think that just because you have an LLC or a corporation that you're uh, infinitely shielded from liability, but it helps. It helps to remove liability. So unique LLZ, so Pets Zen Products LLC offers doggy treadmills to help pudgy pets get back their puppy figures. So what are, based on what we talked about, what are some advantages and disadvantages of LLCs in your mind? Any thoughts? You're thinking it's Thursday, the weekend is imminent? Anything come to mind? What would be an advantage of an LLC? We just mentioned this. Limited liability? Yeah, <laughs> that's the big one, right. So, um, so limited liability, but not infinite limitation on liability. So, uh, I, what do you guys think about this business? Pets in products, LLC, treadmills for dogs? I don't see anybody buying that, you know. Maybe. Buy a regular treadmill, maybe let your dog walk on that. I don't know. So. All right, so here's a chart that breaks it down for advantages and disadvantages. I guess a table is more appropriate. So limited liability, of course, number one. Choice of taxation, flexible ownership rules, flexible distribution of profit and losses, operating flexibility. Big disadvantages are no stock. Ownership is non-transferable. That's a big, that's a big problem. Um, so with stock owner, with stock certificates that you have from a corporation, you can easily sell or issue those to other people. Fewer incentives, taxes can be a disadvantage depending on how you look at it. And there is a little bit more paperwork with LLCs versus sole proprietorships. Questions on any of that? Comments? All right. So we'll ask you a few questions. What are the major advantages and disadvantages of incorporating a businesses? We've talked about this a little bit. This is kind of a timeout to talk about it. So starting a, having a corporation, what do we say? Uh, uh, less liability, okay. What else? What's an advantage of incorporating? I just told you. With a corporation, you're issued stock that can be easily transferable. With a corporation, Ta the way the taxes go can be an advantage or disadvantage, depending on how you look at it. Uh, some, some individuals want a certain type of tax treatment. Others want the, the contrary. Um, how about what is the role of owners or stockholders in a corporate hierarchy? On Tuesday, we looked at a pyramid structure. You had the layers of management. You had the CEO at the top. You had the board of trustees above that. Where do the stockholders fit on that? Remember, the stockholders are the actual owners of the company. So, um, has anybody, does anybody ever bought a share of stock? Has anybody ever bought or owned a share of stock? Okay. Sometimes when you buy stock, you'll get something in the mail called a proxy. And what that is, is they're asking you to vote on things for the company. And so, you might get this random thing in the mail that says, hey, we want you to vote at our next shareholder for our next shareholder meeting because you're an owner. 
we want you to vote so you can vote and send that in and they will count your vote towards you know whatever objective they're trying to vote on and so stockholders are actually at the top of the hierarchy if you buy stock in a corporation and someone gets injured by one of the corporation's products can you be sued as a stockholder yes or no why not what so you say no why not but you're an owner of the company, stockholder. You're right. Um, the thing with stockholders is you're a limited partner. Your loss can only be tied to what you invest. You have nothing to do with the liabilities of the company or losses, injuries resulted from any of that. So if I go buy 10,000 shares of Procter & Gamble stock and they put out a detergent that starts killing people, I had nothing to do with that. I just invest in the company. I have no, li no responsibility or liability for that. Why are so many new businesses choosing a limited liability company form of ownership? Nearly 50% or over in some states. Why do you think that is? It's pretty obvious. Limited liability. Yeah. So basically a sole proprietor would be the most base level. If you're not going to get a partner, the next base level would be LLC. And it's basically a sole proprietorship with a different tax structure and more limited liability, some form of protection. All right. So let's talk about M&A real quick. Expansion, mergers, and acquisitions. The uh, merger is the result of two firms forming one company. So this company buys this company. We have a merger. Um, I'm sorry, that's a merge when two companies come together jointly. But acquisition is when one company purchases uh, of the property and obligations of another company. So like Facebook bought Instagram, and now Instagram is a meta company because they changed their name. What do you guys think about that? What's up? Sorry, I just had a question. Yeah. Like for a merger, like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like how it's like a Taco Bell and a KFC. Yeah. Is that like an example of a merger? It's close, but... Basically, the company that owns Taco Bell and KFC, that they, they're a holding company that invests in several different uh, retail and restaurants. And so they just decided to put two of those same at one location to share resources. Um, I don't know, like we have one of those in my town that I live in now, but it was a KFC Taco Bell, but they're actually shutting down the KFC stuff. They've totally closed it down and are rebranded it just as a Taco Bell. Because I don't think it did very well. What's up? So, yeah, it's, it's basically, um, I don't know, I'm pretty sure that they're both standalone companies. Chipotle is a standalone company. Starbucks is a standalone company, but they probably just share the resource. That would be more of a, um, oh gosh, what's the word we used from last chapter? It's where they basically have a partnership. They're not, they're not joining companies. They're, they're just sharing those resources so they can probably get uh, a better deal going in and build, a, build one building that they can share versus two standalone builds. Did you have a comment, Logan? What's that? I don't. I don't know if they. I don't. I don't think they do. But you can look it up. Um, I think Chipotle was a standalone company the last time I looked at it. But I haven't heard about McDonald's buying Chipotle. But if they did buy Chipotle, it would be an acquisition. But an example of a merger. Um, one recent one, like uh, if you look at, you've heard of the company J.P. Morgan, right? J.P. Morgan's a bank. You've heard of Chase Manhattan, which is a bank. 
during the 2008 financial crisis, they merged, and that was called J.P. Morgan Chase. That's a merger. Two banks came together to form one unit. An acquisition would be a bigger company buys a smaller company like Facebook bought Instagram, and that's an acquisition. And now Instagram, if you go to Instagram, it'll say Meta at the bottom, a Meta company. Doesn't Facebook own Snapchat too? I'm not sure. I think they do. So, yeah, bigger companies like Facebook or Meta. Sorry, is good. that why, like, when somebody posts on Facebook, like, it'll post yep. on Instagram? Yep, yep, yep. And so bigger companies usually will will buy out smaller companies. What do you think the strategy is for buying smaller companies? Why do you think that's a good idea for a bigger company to do that? You're eliminating the competition, you know? So if, if I'm a user, which we all are consumers and users of these products, if I've only got X amount of hours per day that I could be on social media, uh, and you probably do what I and most people do is bounce around between them. I only have, I think, three social media on my phone right now, maybe four. But I use Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I probably split, I probably spend, if I spend one hour a day on social media, which probably is about right, maybe less, <clears throat> I would probably spend um, third, probably 15 to 20 minutes on Facebook, probably 10 minutes on LinkedIn, and 15 to 20 minutes on Twitter. I know it's not an hour, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like any social media, to be honest. Like I, I post stuff every once in a while, but since we got, I'm not going to digress too far, but since we're talking about it, what's your opinion of social media? I know we all use it, us to some degree, but I have very like, I don't know, I have very questionable feelings about social media in general. I'll get you first, then you second. What's up? Right. Like it. it's, a, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I just get like crazy like, uh, have you seen those takeover videos? Ta yeah. What is it called? Takeover. Takeover? Yeah. I've heard of it, but what is it? You have to... So like, there's like car meets and then, but I've seen where it goes like horribly wrong and they just like run over people. Oh yeah, God, so yeah. I, I just can't, I like one, just one and I just can't stop getting one. Are you, what is it, uh, TikTok, is that the one you dig the most or? Instagram? Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say that, like, social media has its, like, you know, pros and cons. Right. Like, some people say that they use social media to, like, keep in contact with their friends. Sure. Like, right. But I just feel like people are, like, nosy and, like, celebrities' businesses <laughs> and stuff. Yep. I think we really use the social media. Thing. Well, don't get me wrong. I, I, well, it's just like a, the love-hate I have for Walmart. I still shop at Walmart, but there's things I don't like about Walmart. <laughs> But, and I still use social media, but there's things I don't like about it. But when you go on social media, you are their products. You're the user, and they're dependent on you to be there for ad, ad sales and revenue. You know, so they need you more than you need them. But there is this thing about the way they manipulate your stream in order to keep you engaged. You know, that's what their whole goal is, is, is engagement hacking. They're trying to show you the right combination of content, ads, whatever it may be, in order to keep you engaged. They even analyze everything that you do not just what you click on but as you stroll let's say you're strolling in a normal stroll like scroll up and you just stop you slow your scroll right like this they analyze what is making you slow down and then if you stop for two seconds right here and look without clicking they're analyzing why are you why is kelsey stopping on that scroll feed to look and if you do this you scroll up and then you go back down why are you going back down? What is causing you to do that? And the algorithm starts kicking in and saying, okay, 
She stopped on this for two seconds. She scrolled back down for this for three seconds. Let's show her more of that. There's a um, thing on Facebook called, or on uh, Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Did anybody watch this? It's, did you watch it? So basically, it's going through like a docudrama of somebody's life in social media. And the whole time, there's this person inside the guy's head saying, okay, they're doing this. This is causing this reaction. Let's do more of that. You know what I'm saying? And so, do you want to speak to that? There are some movies that I wish I didn't watch. Like, just like, I wish I was more... Um, Oblivious? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, between that and, like, Snowden. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Snowden's a good one. There's, there's a documentary about Snowden, too, but... Yeah, I mean, every there's this thing called a digital footprint. Everything that you do, every key that you stroke, every page you visit, it's all it's all out there somewhere. So, um, be very mindful of that. I was uh, I worked at somewhere several years ago, and one of my colleagues this this is not here. One of my colleagues will go out on the weekend and party and post a lot of photos of themselves with alcohol and partying involved. I'm like, I personally don't care, but as a professional that may not be a good thing for your rep. You know what I'm saying? So once again, I'm not, I'm not judging this myself, but I'm just saying that if it was me, I would think that's not a cool thing to do if you're looking for promotions and things like that, and career, career you know, advancement. So you got to be mindful of, uh, of that. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing for your generation because your whole life has been on the Internet. You know what I mean? Like – it's just been you've been you've been on the internet you're digital natives is what they call you guys so uh other con- comments on social media before we move on i know that was a digression but that's okay all right so a couple different types of mergers vertical horizontal and conglomerates very briefly a vertical is joining two companies in different stages of related businesses meaning i've been doing this for 10 years you've been doing it for two that's vertical horizontal is joining two firms in the same industry uh, mergers between competitors must prove the Federal Trade Commission uh, that the new combined company does not limit competition unfairly. There was a big one about Microsoft buying, oh gosh, um, Ubisoft, I believe. They were trying to buy them as a uh, software company, and they were saying it was going to be, it might not, it might be too big of a deal, not, might not allow them to do it. I think they are going to allow them to do it, though. Conglomerate merger is the joining of firms in completely unrelated industries, meaning I, I make detergent. You make food, I'm buying, we're coming together and we're going to form a, a large company, even though we're in unrelated industries. All right, so this is an example that shows you that. So horizontal is soft drink buys a mineral water comp- company. That's horizontal. A soft drink company buys a artificial sweetener co- company. That's a vertical. And a conglomerate soft drink is buying a snack food company. That's a great metric or visual to show you how the horizontal, vertical, and conglomerate, conglomerate works. And you see a lot of conglomerates. Um, one thing that's interesting, and I'll try to make a note to remind you guys next week to show you, um, there's an infographic that shows when you go to the grocery store, most of the dry goods in grocery are owned by 10 or 12 companies. So when you see all these hundreds of products throughout the grocery store, <coughs> they have these, these companies have variety, but you're still only buying it from 10 or 12 different companies. They're, they're these huge conglomerates. All right, I'm not going to ask the polling question for time purposes. We'll talk about mergers and then we'll wrap up. So in 2019, Disney purchased the film and TV assets held by 21st Century Fox for more than $71 billion, giving the entertainment giant the right to value properties like The Simpsons. So what type of merger is this? Is this vertical, vertical, horizontal, or conglomerates? So Disney is buying a TV company. What do you think? 
Anybody else want to take vertical or horizontal? So Disney, it's an entertainment company. 20th Century Fox is a, is a movie production company. It's kind of a hard question because Disney itself is a conglomerate. So I could see arguments for all three. If I, had to, if I had to guess, though, I don't think they provide the answer. I think the answer is conglomerate. And the reason I'll tell you is because let me show you this, and then I'll break it up for this week. We've only got a couple more uh, slides. That's okay. Let me pull this up real quick. You can look at this at the house. Say, this is insane. This is the infographic of what Disney owns. And I hope I can find one that will show me. Maybe it'll, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, this is great. So you can't even get the whole thing on one screen. I wonder if it'll let me, okay, there we go. This is all the companies Disney owns, and it's not even everything. Um, I don't know if it'll let me blow it up, but see if I, I'll, I'll zoom in. Well, I'll go back and zoom in a second, but up here you've got Marvel and Marvel Studios. On the other ear, you've got Fox, FX, National Geographic. Over here, I mean, it's a little Hulu down here. You've got Walt Disney Studios, Disney Park Experiences, Disney Corporation, Disney Music, Theater, Theatrical Group, AD, Disney ABC Television, Disney Land. Oh, yeah, it's just, oh man, hang on. Let's see. I don't know why it zoomed up. Yeah, so you got, let's see, Walt Disney. Imagineering, Research and Development, Publishing Worldwide, Disneyland, Disneyland, Disney Signature Experiences, Disney World. Uh, we are talking about that. And then you get down here, you've got Direct to Consumer and International, um, tele, let's see, Telemunich, Disney World Japan, uh, Disney, Walt Disney Company Private Limited, which is UT, UTV, you've got Disney World Worldwide, Studio Services, Steamboat Ventures, Buena Vista Construction Company, Reedy Creek Improvement District. And then you got all this stuff on the periphery too. They couldn't even get it all in there. They had to put it outside. But this is what a conglomerate looks like. And look, they've even got color-coded by film, television, music, gaming, finance, theater, consumer goods, property and parks, publishing, digital. Pretty crazy, right? When you get home, just pull this up and look at it. It is insane to look to think about that this company this company's got its fingers in so many different things. And like talking about anybody ever watched The Matrix? This all ties in back to the social media thing. These companies are trying to program us to be consumers of their products. That's what their end goal is. And so um, it's easy to like after a while you feel like, do I want to buy this thing? Or am I being told to buy this thing and that's why I want to buy it? You know, it's like a philosophical question. All right, guys, we'll take a time out here for now. Uh, chapter five is due to, by tomorrow without penalty. You have another week with penalties. Uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Drop me an email. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy the concert. Come back in one piece, please. Be safe. Yeah, be safe. All right. See you next week. See you next Tuesday.